Guys, welcome back. Mac Rollins, Zen Cop here. It is Sunday, August 27th. Thank you for being here and thank you for listening and thank you for the support. This is episode nine of the Zen Cop podcast on Spotify. Lots of fun stuff in the works. I'm very excited for some upcoming episodes. And you can, of course, always check out the older episodes on YouTube. This will be a revamp of an episode that previously aired on YouTube. I'm doing my best to sort of integrate them over here on Spotify. And then eventually it should all sync up. Due to time constraints, I will be postponing the podcast meetup that I promised last weekend. It will be taking place hopefully next week. It's just a matter of me having the time. And right now, time is very limited for me with work and family stuff. And I will always choose family over anything else and work. Yes, that does have a very important place in my life as well. It is what it is, guys. My apologies, but I promise soon. Speaking of work and more importantly, risk. Where are we the most at risk? In the realm of public safety, there are many risks that come with the job. And one would assume that the highest form of risk comes from our day-to-day interactions with the worst parts of society. And while that may be true, we are far more successful in those scenarios than we are not. Good training and quality cops negate the issues involving violence and even death. The real risk comes from a variety of other avenues that more times than not, we don't recognize as threats, but rather just part of the job. And one of the biggest elements of risk involves the agency itself, the place that you call home. This is probably the least recognized risk in law enforcement, but without question can be the most dangerous depending on the agency. And any career field that operates on a 24-7, 365 calendar will be the most vulnerable for potentially losing control and then expected to keep going regardless of cost, manpower, and circumstances. And when your agency becomes tested in the most horrific way possible, and I assure you someday it will, that will be a true measure of the risk they choose to either take on with ruthless disregard or they choose to navigate it with poise and resolve. I have had the unpleasant experience of watching a few tragic events unfold where control was not on the table for the first hour. Unfortunately, in those scenarios, there is never any true control in the beginning. It's the time after the dust settles where it truly starts to count. And even with good cops operating on good tactics and training, there is very little room to have a complete leg up on unforgiving circumstances. However, I am proud to say that the long-term portion of those events at my agency were handled with complete control and care for those involved and also for the community. I would be lying, however, if I said that for the first hour, it wasn't complete chaos as those scenarios are rarely anything that is not total chaos in the beginning. When all is said and done, and life resumes to a new normal, there is still risk on the table. This is the risk that becomes harder to see and much harder to talk about. The event itself is over, but many people are still a very long way from being okay. And the scenario itself does not have to be catastrophic. All it takes is one bad call or one bad experience for something to affect us. And as cops, we have a really bad habit of sort of trophy shelving our trauma to show our experience or to otherwise create this demand of respect for simply being a part of a traumatic incident when others were not. And the more we participate in those scenarios, the more we tend to reference them 
as stepping stones or learning points along the way. And that's a very odd way to categorize our accolades. If you really think about all of the things that we experience over the years, but that's just the nature of the beast. And oftentimes we validate ourselves as cops that way. The mentality of, you know, well, this guy hasn't seen shit or talk to me when you've done X, Y, Z. What type of risk are we creating for the new generation when we quite literally base our own self-worth on the worst parts of the job? But at the same time, I would be lying if I said those incidents did not create some level of resiliency and learning for me along the way. It's definitely up for debate and it is definitely a two-way street in my opinion. But when we think about risk overall, outside the world of sworn personnel, it is very different. A few years ago, a deputy from my agency was shot and killed during a very tragic investigation involving a cartel marijuana grow. It happened very early in the morning. And as the day turned into normal business hours, it was very interesting to see the reactions from everyone as they found out. Many of these people were non-sworn and did not have access to the radio or the computer system that we all had so we could see this and hear it in real time. I can remember very distinctly hearing a woman scream in the hallway down the hall from the investigations office. She worked a few doors down and over the years we said hello to each other in the hallway and that was about it. I remember as I approached her, I didn't even know her name. We hugged and she cried and suddenly in that moment we were family. And as the morning went on, I heard more screaming and more crying. And selfishly, I assumed that his death would mostly affect his fellow cops, but I couldn't have been more wrong. That day, I learned that sometimes the people who are the most removed from the job itself are often the ones who will be the most affected. And those who live this job as reality at the time will be the least. The long-term effects of these scenarios can introduce risk on a very chaotic level. Even scarier, the risk will not be something that you can readily identify as such. However, the more exposure you have over the years, the more risk is stacked against you. Even for those who utter the famous words, it doesn't affect me, are also at risk for exposure. It may not affect them at the moment or even in the long term, but your brain has a very interesting way of ensuring that you will never forget those horrible things. And I assure you, they will find a way to manifest themselves into a version of reality that you will have to negotiate at some point in your life. It's the mental aftermath of these incidents that will eventually kill us from the inside out. Considering the risks that are on the table already, if we were to explore the ethical and moral responsibilities of our agencies, I would ask the question, are they taking care of you? Or are they doing just enough to ensure that you can keep going despite the obvious signs that you should not be? Are their concerns relevant to you as a person or are they relevant to you still being able to come to work? In law enforcement, we are told that we are part of a big family, a family who cares about each other, a family who looks out for each other, and a family who will always be there for you. However, how many times have you felt like you get that big hug, but the big hug is nothing more than to lift you back on your feet and slowly push you back into a patrol car? In the realm of supervision, risk, and leadership, there is often a removal of your old reality in the process. Once we get a new assignment, especially if it involves a promotion, we take on a whole new set of responsibilities. And with that comes a new perspective on a position that we once believed that we knew everything about. Things that were once a 
concern on patrol are now in your eyes, not that big of a deal because you have graduated to a new level of problems. The same scenario can be applied to any movement that is new or otherwise unfamiliar. What is paramount in that scenario is to remember what it was like when you were in that role previously. What concerns did you have and why? Were they gripes or were they actual problems? Were they problems with resolutions or simply things that could not be changed? Did you receive the needed attention for those problems or were you brushed off and told that it was being worked on only to learn that the conversation you had was as far as it went? Given the constant changes we see in this job, It's very important to remember what life was like when you were there versus what life is like now. The only real way to do that is to talk to the new boots on the ground. Communication is the only real life source for change in law enforcement. If you don't have that, create it. If you try to create it and it's a one-way conversation, then maybe it is time to start looking at other agencies. After thinking about all of this, it's almost as if the agency itself can provide more risk than anything else in our entire career. That being said, a word of caution to those thinking about change, and I mean this with every fiber of my being, you will never ever find perfection in this career field. It simply does not exist. There are weeds in every yard, some more than others. Agony is relative and so is perspective. If there are things within your agency that you can help change in regards to risk, change them. If you are complaining and not trying to be part of said change, you are now part of the problem. If your expectations are unreasonable in regards to risk, make them reasonable and within reason for your specific agency. If you don't do that, you are literally screaming at a wall. And lastly, if you think you are irreplaceable, you couldn't be more wrong. I'm not saying the performance from the new guy who fills your boots will be linear to what you were capable of, but they will fly your position as available before they buy your plaque. And little did you know that when you signed up for this job, You were entering one of the most cutthroat industries in existence, and not by nature, but by design. As long as evil exists in this world, there will be an expectation from the public that someone will come, you, me, or the next guy. Sometimes when we get frustrated, we tend to lose sight of the reasons why we are upset to begin with, and we only concentrate on the way we currently feel. Misery loves company, but progress and communication love and work with an open mind far better than with a closed one. The bottom line is that you and you alone are the only person who can choose to be happy or miserable. If there is work that needs to be done in order for you to achieve some level of happiness within your agency and you don't do it, then you will stay miserable. But if you start doing the work, you would be surprised with how many others will follow in suit. There will never be an easy way to achieve anything that brings success, especially in the world of risk. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. I'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at the Zen Cop. All of the previous episodes, as mentioned before, are on YouTube at the Zen Cop podcast. And of course, for your reading pleasure, you can visit the blog at www. That's the World Wide Web, thezencop.com. Guys, thank you again for listening. And I will be back next week, hopefully with a guest. Thank you for listening and thank you for being here. Have a great week.